Tonight's Classic Rock 94.7, the Shrieker Bowl in progress. Hi, a lot of people clamor for this bit. It happened originally in 1982. I had just come to Washington. We didn't even roll tapes on a regular basis back then, but this tape just happened to be rolling to capture my embarrassment in what we now call the bit without an end. Well, you know, I don't sleep long. I sleep in shifts. I sleep in the daytime, and then I sleep in the nighttime, and uh, sleeping in the daytime is a drag sometimes because people are noisy in the daytime. You know, I try to sleep about 2 o'clock in the afternoon till about 6 and rest up, and, and uh, well, uh, people are always outside, you know, cutting grass, running lawnmowers. Geez, it was worse in Florida. Down there, everybody was big with those model airplanes, you know, those kind with the remote control, and there I am trying to sleep, and all afternoon I'm hearing... These people are doing loop-de-loops with their figure airplanes, and it started to bug me. I mean, it really started to bug me. It started to make me mad. I talked to them about it one time, but they said, hey, what are we supposed to do? Do it in the, you know, at your convenience or at our convenience? We're not disturbing the pieces, too. I said, all right, all right. And I got my four-wheel drive, and I left. And I called a buddy of mine, and I got my own plane made up. caliber gun mounted on it. I painted it black. And I put foreboding-looking red crosses on the wings. And I know it was illegal, but I had a super-powerful radio transmitter to control this plane. And I waited until those maggots got out in the field. These guys love their planes. They live for their planes. You ever, you ever see one of those cars where those people have those remote control planes? They spend thousands of dollars on those planes. They're expensive. They're always real careful with them. They land them like real planes. Oh, they're just so wonderful. So I took my plane out. And I got in the woods with it. And I took out my binoculars and I watched. I watched until all their planes were airborne. And then I launched my plane. My special plane. Sure enough, I flew it to where their planes were. I got my plane in position right behind one of theirs. And I opened fire. Direct hit. The plane spiraled. A little plume of black smoke came out of the gas tank and then... They were flabbergasted. They started looking all around. They wondered, where's this plane coming from and who's controlling it? But they couldn't see me because I was in the woods. But my extra powerful radio transmitter, these maggots, $2,000 worth of aeroplane lying on the ground. The guy ran over to his plane. He was whimpering. Oh, God! Who did this? Who did this? The other guys were trying frantically to land their planes and get out of there, but it was too late because my plane was too big, too fast, and too deadly. After a while, I really got to enjoy it. I got to enjoy the destruction. I was sitting there in the woods with spittle coming out of my lips as I tracked down those planes. The last plane was landing. Was landing. I couldn't turn around fast enough. The guy picked it up, threw it at the trunk of his car, and he took off. But by this time, I wasn't stopping at just the planes. I wanted butt. I wanted a piece of their butt. And as he drove away, I moved in with my black ace. <laughs> to return, and it wouldn't come back. It just kept flying around. I hit the button for the plane. It still kept going, and then slowly it turned of its own volition. I hit the button for it to decrease altitude, and it increased altitude. And then it started coming straight for me. 
I hit the stop. I hit the auto-destruct. Nothing. The controls were dead in my hand. It was then that I realized that I could no longer control the plane. It swooped in low and made a diving run at me. Fortunately, I dove into some bushes and I didn't get hit. It was then that I realized the plane had a mind of its own. It was a plane of death. Completely out of control. I looked around. The air seemed cold. I could see my breath. I started to run. But the plane wouldn't turn me loose. Oh, no. The plane was right behind me. No! where I parked my van and I climbed inside that thing. I took off watching the rearview mirror frantically. I didn't see the plane. Maybe I'd lost it. Maybe somehow I'd lost the plane. But then I saw it. It appeared behind me. I could see in the hot heat from the highway the plane coming closer and closer. I tried to duck out as the plane made a low pass over my van. <laughs> it shot out the back window. I strove for control. I had to get near some people. I had to get in public. I had to get away. And all of a sudden, I lost control of my car completely. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a sound effect, so I couldn't make the noise of the car crash. He was, he was in this jockey Borhog in a long story with no way out. But somehow, he had to get out because he's on the air. And he knows full well that somehow he's got to get back into music after telling a long story about blowing planes out of the sky. But how? What does he do? Does he have one final explosion where the plane self-destructs? Does he have Damien suddenly realize that he doesn't want to blow this man away because then there won't be any more Damien story? Or does he simply hit some commercials and say the heck with it? What does he do? What does a boss jock do when he's trapped in a story with no way out? When he's trapped with a live microphone and a cart rack full of sound effects. Get me out! Get me out of this story! Get me out! Get me out! <laughs> I know what he does. He looks around frantically. He knows he's got sounds of everything. Everything in the book. He's a boss jock. He's quick on his feet. He decides, rather than get stuck, he'll take a trip south of the border. <laughs> and maybe he can hide out in Mexico, where people will forget about the story. The story he started and couldn't finish. The story without a punchline. But no, that'll never do. Because people won't have it. People won't have it. They demand an end. They demand a punchline. And that was our man's dilemma. How to get out. When he's already started slinging lead, he's gotten into Damien, and now he's south of the border. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he calls on help from a buddy of his. Maybe he calls on the man uh, who chains smokes Chesterfields and wears cheap suits. Maybe he calls on the man... Oh, uh... <laughs> uh, no, never mind. Uh, I'm sorry. I just... Hey, look, all right. Hey, come on. I'm a human being, you know? Please report to the principal's office. Classic Grease. Classic Rock. 94.7. <laughs>